This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we are back. Your boys, Fitzy and Hart, the Six Rings crew, here with the latest Six Rings and Football Things podcast brought to you by WEI Odyssey Sports and 2400 i that's that's right is an odyssey wf sure whatever that's yeah, sure fine. whatever yeah it's fine no one really cares on today's episode we are in the aftermath of the drafter math we have reviewed and rated the patriots 2023 nfl draft if you missed that episode spoiler alert andy gave it a b i gave it a b plus the episode itself was an a- absolute a plus but the draft we gave it our grades and we shared those of many others around the wide world of football prognostication, expert, and analyses. You can, of course, go back using the Odyssey app, go to WEI.com, or as you should have already done, reviewed, subscribed, and shared the podcast. On today's episode, we'll clean up everything else in Isle Foxborough. We'll talk uh, about Juju Smith-Schuster's first media availability, the UDFA class, and which one we believe not only will make the team keeping the Patriots' record-breaking streak alive, but could have an immediate impact on the roster this fall and beyond a few other items. Uh, someone was talking QB tears and we don't just mean Mac crying last year over the offense. And he had a chance also to make his way down to Gillette stadium for Mike Gesicki's media avail and ran into our pal, Andrew Callahan of the Boston Herald, who he had a nice chat with about some conversations, a friend of show and also someone we respect very much. Jim Nagy had, about next year's draft class. So you're going to definitely want to check out Andy's chat with Callahan. And then we'll wrap up talking Mike Vrabel, the latest member, the 34th member of the New England Patriots Hall of Fame. Certainly deserved, but still mildly controversial and of his no, oh, not of his own doing. All right, Andy. So the other day, Juju, the uh, dare I say prize of the Patriots free agent offseason and class 2023. They basically said, we're good, Jacoby. We'd prefer Juju over you since the contracts were ultimately similar. They bring in Juju Smith-Schuster. It's a $25.5 million deal. Could be worth up to $33 million. Same amount that Jacoby's deal could be worth up to with the <coughs> Vegas Raiders. Uh, $16 million guaranteed. Met with reporters for about 11 minutes the other day. Uh, like, as, as promised, as advertised. Joyful, upbeat, a little bit irreverent, reasonably knowledgeable, good teammate guy. Spoke of his love of Joe Tooney when the name was mentioned because, of course, he was part of the Super Bowl winning Kansas City Chiefs last year. Um, I thought it was for your basic initial meet and greet in that weird new media room at Gillette. I thought it was pretty standard issue, cut and dry. Uh, what were your big takeaways? Uh, well, I think the a couple big takeaways that obviously everybody hopped on for their blogs and their headlines that he came to New England because of Bill. Okay, great. You know, whatever. True, not true. Don't really care. That's fine. The dollar bills, you mean? <laughs> That's what I think. I think generally players go where their best opportunity lies, and generally best opportunity means biggest paycheck. And like Matthew Judon famously correct. said two years ago, that didn't choose the Patriots. Correct. They chose me. Now, I do still believe there is an aura around Bill Belichick that can be alluring, intriguing, like, hey, 
these two are similar teams have similar chances. I'll go see what it's like to play for Bill. He is still considered a goat and all that. Learn from him. Um, but then I thought most interesting was obviously his comments about the way he's learning the new offense. That's not just new for him. That is new for everybody. Bill O'Brien, whatever he is doing with the Patriots offense in terms of, you know, the old school stuff that was McDaniels and himself in his first tenure, whatever he did in Houston and Alabama, what Mac likes, modern NFL, um, you know, Juju talking about using note cards and feeling like he deserves a college degree um, after all the studying they have done this spring. And I think really, isn't that the story of the team of the offseason of when we get to September? What does the offense look like? Is it good enough? Like those two questions, really simple questions. What is the Patriots offense now under Bill O'Brien? And is it good enough? Is it, is it, you know, at a level where this team can, you our word, be competitive, compete for whatever their talent allows them to compete for, whether that's a wild card spot, whether it's overachieve, underachieve, but what is the offense? And now I think Juju is um, optimistic. You know, everybody's a number one wide receiver kind of thing. Oh, yay. That worked out great for the Sox when everybody was an ace. That was really awesome. Yeah, Whatever. I'll, I'll that, pat, that was yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> um, was the, what was the old chant? It was uh, B, aggressive. B, B, aggressive. Now we've we've resorted to or B, competitive. Just be right. competitive. And, that's, and, what, that's where we live. But at the same time, I would actually find that I can't believe this. Refreshing, Andy. I would. And guys like Juju, I think regardless of check, regardless of reasons for departure from a Super Bowl team and landing in New England. I think he's someone who likes the game enough. Now a seven-year veteran with obviously uh, the first five years in Pittsburgh, one year in KC. Now his third stop is New England for what should be three years. I think he genuinely likes to play football. And he talked about learning, yes, learning the playbook, said he'll do whatever he has to do in terms of blocking. He doesn't mind going over the middle, wants to integrate with the teammates, get to know everybody, hasn't thrown with Mac yet or had a sesh but they will soon. Obviously, they're in phase two of the voluntary portion of offseason workouts. And I did find this mildly interesting. Mm -hmm. The whole idea, like, I had no idea uh, coming here to New England how many two-way players we had. Now, I thought he was going to talk about Marcus Jones. Like, hell, you're telling me this guy returns, kicks, picks off passes, and takes passes to the house? That's actually a three-way player. Now, he was talking about the fact that I think he was almost maybe tipping this umpteenth iteration of the Earhart Perkins Weiss Belichick McDaniels O'Brien playbook notice the complete omission of Patricia from there that there's going to be a lot of multilateral usage you're going to see receivers probably in the backfield with carries you'll see you'll see backs split out I think this is going to be a little bit of a creatively spun all hands on deck approach to offense and scoring the ball and I think we've touched on that but that's the reality they don't have one or two guys you can just count on to say, these are our stars, these are our studs, this is what they do, they're better than you, they beat you at it, this is where we go with the game on the line or gotta have it plays, as Belichick calls them. And in theory, that's supposed to play into Max superpower, as Dan Orlovsky likes to say, right? His ability to read a defense, make a decision, pre-snap, during snap, post-snap. Um, in theory, I, I think it's good. They don't have a number one receiver. They don't. They do not have an elite nope. playmaker. Juju... Maybe is their number one. Devontae Parker maybe is their number one. Kendrick Bourne maybe bounces back. Who knows? But I also think they have a lot of good options, competitive options, to use mm -hmm. our C word that we're going to mm -hmm. continue to throw around. Um, you know, Ramondre Stevenson is a star. 
I think James Robinson is going to be very productive. Ty Montgomery is still on the roster. Hunter Henry. I forgot about Ty Montgomery. Thank Don't you, forget. Andy. I am the brains about... of this operation. I was. <laughs> what is see? it you say you do? See, I'm even the brains, a... I'm the brawn. What would you I'm say the... you do here? See, even a compliment on this effing show can't come without an insult. Um, but I would also say, and I would, I would have to go back and look specifically. But Bill O'Brien was here with Aaron Hernandez, who was a lot of things. I'm going to stick to on the field. He was a versatile football. It always has to come with that caveat and disclaimer. But I, too, would like to actually point out that during the three seasons he played for the team, he was awesome on the field and in the backfield. They used him in the backfield. Yes, he was a everywhere. slot receiver. He and Wes Welker, I always say, he and Wes Welker lined up in the same line for positional drills in practice. They were considered of the similar position, if not the same person. You know, Welker obviously feared being in line with him. He's talking I was about just going to say, Welker was also absolutely terrified. Head on a swivel. Where is he? Where'd, that, where'd Hernandez go? Uh. Um, but if you remember, Hernandez was in the backfield. Hernandez would take some handoffs, not to the mm-hmm. Cordell Patterson level, but just keep you on your toes, and I am intrigued. I would even throw the two second-year running backs, Pierre Strong, super fast. Where can you use him? Where can you maybe get one matchup? It only has to be one, right? He motions out of the backfield. Suddenly, the fastest running back is on a linebacker, and you go, huh, maybe we throw it up to him and see if he can beat said linebacker with his unique speed. So Hmm. I, I am, I agree with you that it was interesting that Juju brought that up. Uh, as something he sort of didn't know or notices, because I do think if the offense is going to either achieve or overachieve, it's going to be the 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 sum is greater than the parts, right? Like none of yes. them are superstars, but huh, you put it all together and that's a really good meal we just made with those ingredients. Exactly. And this is this will harken back to the days before people on the defensive side of the ball and a certain greatest quarterback of all time emerged as stars. They were a sum is greater than the parts type of team. And no, I'm not just talking about their team first approach, which to remind everyone historically was an accident that happened at the Cincinnati game. And then they wrote it during a time of unification in America, all the way to a shocking Super Bowl upset. I'm with you hundred percent, you know, slowly, but surely one blog post, one, one six rings podcast at a time. I'm starting to not like fanboy out and and get overly excited about this fall, but I'm starting to, you ready for this? I am starting to believe again. I am starting to, I am, I am placing an inordinate amount of faith, maybe not too, hopefully not too much in the lap or hands on Bill O'Brien. But like you pointed out a few weeks ago in a column at .com, uh, he is the guy, he's not the one with the most riding on him, but he's the guy who's got the most to be expected of. And if not the most pressure on him, like, here you go, Bill. No big deal. We were the worst offense in the NFL last year and in the team's history. Uh, we're not going to give you a like any sort of like 28-day dry-aged beef, uh, you know, sturgeon caviar or foie gras, but we do expect a Michelin-starred meal worthy of being an Iron Chef. Get after it. Uh, oh, also, we don't know. Also, we're not even sure we like the quarterbacks. Good luck. Is it? What is that word? It's not Michelin? Michelin. Well, it's Michelin here, but they say it. They sit where they always say Michelin. Wow, for the does fancy Michelin, French restaurants. See, does Michelin they, have cave aged cheese. See, see again. Ask anyone else. Shime likes it. Keith likes it as well. You're the only one in our extended Six Rings family. The Michelin man. Yes, exactly. <laughs> what kind of tires would you like? Firestone or Michelin? I'm gonna try uh, that next time. I am. You should do that. That would be. <laughs> 
That they're not the hilarious. Of the podcast, but they are the best tire, I believe. Uh, so. Deep dive, by the way, too. Just a funny little, funny little fact about it. The reason why uh, the Michelin stars, Michelin, if you will, they created their whole restaurant thing based on a like they basically wanted you to drive more. So they're like, hey, get in tires. your car with your wear out your tires going to these restaurants. And now it is the internationally approved dining mm. guide. It's, and that genius. is that is next level freaking genius right there. That guy and you are a next level genius for listening to the Greatest Patriots podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in to Six Rings and Football Things. Please rate, review, subscribe, and share. Uh, Andy, one more little nug before we get to uh, your interview with Andrew Callahan on Gasicki Media Day. Uh, we never really touched in our draft review the undrafted free agents. Mm. Now, how they will affect the draft class and the grade we gave them. I think needs a little time to marinate and develop, but you can judge the class usually uh, in and of itself. Usually the Patriots are pretty aggressive when it comes to UDFA season. Sometimes they bring in as many as seven into the fold and usually one or two of them make it to the team. Like I said earlier, they're going on 19 straight years of an UDFA making it to the game day, 53 man roster. And I think this will make 20 because of the three that they signed, um, the linebacker whose name I forget as Seabling, Seabreeze, Seabowl. There's like a special teams linebacker from insert name of somewhere state. We're not going to worry about that guy. Um, there's Ed Lee, the wide receiver. There's three and a half, if you will. The wide receiver from Rhode Island who is highly productive. He's getting a camp invitation. So he's yes. not technically even an UDFA per se. He's not been signed yet. He's getting a camp invitation. Love a scrappy underdog story. Local kid with speed to spare. There's Louisiana Lafayette tight end, uh, 26 year old Johnny Lumpkin, 6'7, 270. So, an absolute unit, a specimen of a blocking tight end at best. Who doesn't love uh, giving a flyer for a couple of bucks to a raging Cajun? But the guy we're all going to be talking about, whose highlights are probably number two on the Twitter and Instagram sphere for the diehards and the Foxborough faithful, next to Kayshawn Boutte, Malik Cunningham, quarterback of Louisville who literally took over for Lamar Jackson. And I think the reason why he literally took over for him was because somebody found this kid and said, I think we can just put him in and no one will notice that it's not Lamar Jackson. From just body type looking like him to a playing style utterly reminiscent of him. Now, not quite as productive in college for four years, not no. quite as accurate a passer. No. But man, he is elusive. He is fast. He can scoot. And he was productive. But... Lamar Jackson went at the end of the first round, 2018. This kid goes as an undrafted free agent. He was awarded the richest free undrafted free agent contract in Patriots history. I think it's because they smell somebody who can play special teams and who's willing to switch positions. We could have an Edelman type hopeful development here. Okay. Cliche alert. Cliche alert. Pump All right. Well, what do you brakes. see him doing? What do you, you think he's going to the breaks? I, I said development. I didn't say success story or we could have an Edelman. You just said we could have an Edelman. You know what we could have? Michael Bishop, Cordell Stewart. Like, let's go with guys that aren't. I mean, Cordell Stewart. Well, fine. Okay. Slash. A but slash. my point is Edelman. You just said a guy who's considered one of the greatest postseason history uh, receivers in history. I'm looking like, at what they did. They took a quarter. They took a run and shoot quarterback. who wasn't a real passer, was a runner, was an athlete who was willing to do whatever. Maybe they'll try a similar process of seeing where talent, athleticism, will, and speed and maneuverability like that can fit in on the field. Not, oh, here's an absolute stud who should be a local, if not national, Hall of Famer. Well, 
I will say he's a better athlete than Julian Edelman, in my opinion. He is a better playmaker with the ball in his hands. Like he is an elite, as you said, go to social media, go to YouTube, look up some highlights, and you'll be like, wow, this guy's pretty, pretty legit. A little pinball kind of all over the field making plays. So with the ball in his hands, he works as an athlete. And I'll be interested to see starting, you know, in OTAs straight through where they're using him. Is it out of the backfield? Is it slot receiver? Is it, you know, all of that? Do they just kind of throw everything at him and see if something sticks, if it's special teams, um, returner, whatever? With the ball in his hands, it's a little bit like Marcus Jones, right? We've said with the ball in his hands, he's really good. So why don't we find ways to get the ball in his hands? Mm -hmm. This is a similar thing. Where can you develop him? Um, it may go nowhere. Now, they did give him significant guaranteed salary. I think it's a $20,000 bonus or $30,000 bonus and then one hundred and seventy yep. in guaranteed salary. Some nice paper. It is. And could he be the emergency third quarterback slash, and here's where I get into Cordell Stewart, slash backup slot receiver slash backup kickoff returner slash whatever you may ask. Gunner on special teams, whatever. Sure. So, and, and the difference, another difference between, you know, he wasn't the Heisman winner. He wasn't a first round pick, but another difference is Lamar was a quarterback. This guy, Malik Cunningham has been open to a position change. Now, how open we'll find out like Edelman was great because Edelman decided, damn it, I'm going to be great. Like he just had the stick to itiveness, the want to the desire, Tim Tebow wanted to be a quarterback. Then he finally gave up and said, I'll be something else, but then didn't really want to be that. He, he was kind of wishy-washy. So how, and Cordell Stewart made plays, made plays, but clearly intended to be a quarterback again at some point and was. So that's the one thing that, what is Malik Cunningham really, is he just saying he'll be an athlete to get his foot in the door, but he's really thinking, yeah, once I'm there, I'm going to prove to them I'm a quarterback. Cause if that's true, I don't think he'll make it. If he really will embrace, be an athlete, be one of the best 53, get on the field any way I can coach, whatever you want, coach, I'll do it, coach, as hard as I can coach, then I think he has a chance to succeed. If the guy can even throw the ball within five yards of an intended target between oh. eight and 18 yards downfield, tell you what, he sounds like a great option for a third slash emergency quarterback over Trace McSorley, no matter how much you love his viral internet song or swag <laughs> or the fact that he had pedigree with Bill O'Brien, blah, 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 blah. How great an option could that potentially be if he does have the will, if he has the grit, he puts in the time to fit into the system, find some usage, make the team. I mean, when you, when you know you have a guy, you can call upon like, go be a gunner on special teams. All right, I need you. Uh, you know, he could be challenging Demario Douglas, like we said earlier, for the slot receiver time. Uh, he could be a returner, could be the emergency quarterback. There are a million different ways you find to deploy a talent like his. So that's one of the players I will be most intrigued to keep an eye on throughout the spring into the summer camp and beyond. And by the way, because he is a person and has parents and feelings too, that would be Jordan J O U R D A N Helig linebacker, special teamer from Appalachian state, the other undrafted free agent. Yeah, I don't know why I trust you. I knew whatever name you said earlier was not even close to being right. And my instincts nope. were like, that's not close, nope. but I wasn't sure, so I didn't nope. say it, but yes. He's a, he's an interesting guy because there's not a lot of info on him. I saw a lot of the beat reporters like, huh, this guy's kind of an unknown flying under the radar and feels like that's appropriate in some ways for this draft class and this draft season. But he also played a lot. Yeah, I think he had like 51 career games, mm -hmm. and he fits the mold of special teams, athletes, see what he's got kind of guy. Could be competing against Amir Speed and Isaiah Bolden for practice squad time to be a special team or the future or more. We shall see. And you, 
dear listener, part of our Six Rings community, uh, Foxborough faithful, you shall now be entertained by a chat old Jumbo himself had at Gillette Stadium with our friend, friend of show, uh, excellent beat reporter for the Boston Herald, Andrew Callahan, who caught up with Jim Nagy about some draft-related and Patriots matters. So here's Andy talking to Andrew Callahan about the Patriots, Jim Nagy, the draft, and more. Take a listen. 